I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Azzurri fan. Europe gulps down the triple espresso and wakes up to the Italian challenge. While Group A rival Switzerland draw with Wales. We'll bring you insight into Switzerland and add our voices as the world of football send their best wishes to Inter's Christian Eriksen after the shocking scenes in Copenhagen. In this first of hopefully many Euro specials. Hello everyone and welcome to the first full episode of Scudetto Euros edition. And we had planned to record yesterday, but just given the situation with Christian Eriksen in the Finland-Denmark game, uh, we decided to postpone it until today, basically just because we didn't have the full information on the night about what was going on. We felt a bit uneasy speaking about it publicly when Ericsson's condition was just unknown. Obviously, still early days, but the messages is coming out about Ericsson's, Ericsson now have been very positive, much to everyone's relief. Uh, so we are back to talk about beers and open goal misses and that sort of nonsense, because quite frankly, that's what we do best. Uh, so that's enough from me. Let's catch up with the squad and do some beers. Uh, so Kenny, how are you getting on? How's the tournament been for you so far? I'm doing. I'm doing well, thank you, Oscar. It's uh, the the weather here has been absolutely absolutely great, which is uh, bodes well for for tomorrow. When of course I am traveling to a live football match for the first time in about a year and a half. Um, I'm going to be at the the Scotland Czech Republic. Uh, Czech Republic game tomorrow so uh, looking forward to that uh, for now the tournament I mean it's been obviously yesterday was a really uh, odd one I mean you kind of I kind of quite enjoyed the first game even though it wasn't the the best uh, the best entertainment um, and then was driving home missed the first half of the the Denmark Finland game and as I got in turned my phone on to see what was what the updates were and I think that just kind of knocked everyone for for six. So just yeah, really really relieved. Obviously, um, as I'm sure everyone in the the footballing community is um, about that. Um, it's difficult to say really that it feels like the tournament has got started. I think because of that, it's kind of just completely um, kind of set everyone back to kind of you know. I mean, you can't you can't get too excited about things when something like that's like that's happening. Um, but hopefully, the news continues to be good from Christian Eriksen, and we can get forward to uh, get on to looking forward to a great a great tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really was quite shocking. Obviously, the two of us, Kenny, being Tottenham fans, but all of us following yeah. Syria, uh, Christian Eriksen's obviously been very present in our kind of. Uh, I don't know, just in our everyday lives, kind of following his Absolutely. career. And uh, yeah, just a very shocking thing to see. So all the best to him uh, kind of goes without saying, really. Yeah. So how about you, Buzz? Um, anything interesting going on in, in your part of the world? I'm drinking a 7.5% uh, 
7.4% beer. I'm not celebrating anything in particular that may have happened today or any huge change after 12 or so years. Just uh, happened to have a strong beer and <laughs> happy, happy for the, the winds of change, as they say. I'm glad you have something to celebrate, given that obviously not in the tournament. Over here, obviously, Finland participating. is. It, I think the celebrations were kind of somewhat muted, given the circumstances in which they took place. But at the same time, yeah, at the same time, you know, it, it's Finland's first kind of victory in a major tournament for, I think, ever. And so there, there were still kind of flares in the square last night. And uh, yeah, I, I saw some, some messages on Twitter between kind of Finnish and Denmark fans. I don't think there would be any hard feelings about that at all. Do they have a knighthood in Finland? Because <laughs> that keeper needs to get I, one. What, what they have is like um, on New Year, all the people that have achieved something great for Finland go to the president's house. Um, so I imagine the keeper will definitely be invited to the president's house this year. <laughs> what goes on in the president's house? You just like, you. They, it's very strange actually. Like everyone gets kind of dressed up and you queue up and you just shake the hand of the president and then you move on. But it's on TV and everyone in Finland watches it. This is how you spend your New Year's Eve. I'm now thinking it's not a New Year. I think it's on Independence Day. I, I may need to check that. Um, obviously, when are you going to be on there for outstanding services to podcasting? <laughs> well, that's a very good question. I probably need to learn when it is, and then uh, I'll be <laughs> be assured. Um, on the beer front, I've got something called a Daring Daughter. It's a nice tropical lager. I'm trying to find the name of the brewery on the can right now, and I can't seem to. It's a cool can, though. It's a cool can, yeah. It's uh, it's pink and green, it's kind of punk. Colored. We may or may not tweet it out. We may. Uh, Olvi is the name of the brewery. It's nice. I don't think I actually said what I was drinking. So for the record, uh, Brewdog Duopolis Oat Cream Double Dry Hop IPA. Even Brewdog are at this whole thesaurus thing, Boaz, that you were uh, <laughs> mentioning <laughs> earlier. But that is a uh, yeah, really lovely, lovely beer. Quite summery, which I wasn't expecting it to be, considering it's oat cream. But it's a good one. Right. Well, let's speak about the Italy-Turkey game. Obviously, I think we all watched this, all enjoyed the 3-0 victory. A lovely way for Italy to kick off the tournament. Um, What do we think, though, Kenny? Are Italy really good or are Turkey really bad? I couldn't figure it out from the game. And I admit I missed a bit of the first half, but um, Italy really seemed to dominate them. Italy are really good. Uh, Turkey aren't particularly great from what we saw, but Italy are, are really good. I mean, Mancini's record going into this tournament speaks for speaks for itself. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of what the papers have been saying since about all of the stuff that we've been saying in the build-up to the tournament, really, that just like the the kind of club mentality that Mancini's managed to to instill there. And I think what was really, really impressive was that they basically came up against a wall. I mean, Turkey seemed to have no ambitions to to break out of their own half, really. Uh, and despite that, they remained patient. They should have had what for me was an absolutely blatant penalty in, in the first half, according to the, the laws, the handball laws as, it, as they are today. But they, they just kept plugging away. They didn't get impatient. They got their reward. And 3-0 did not flatter them at all. Uh, I thought they looked great. And what we've also got to say is that this is uh, an Italy team without one of their you know, first-choice midfielders. Um, so I guess more more about him when we speak about the, the Switzerland game. But without Verratti as well. So just fantastic. Italy are, are great. And... Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say straight off that they're going to go all the way, but they're in the mix, absolutely. Yeah, 
definitely. And is there anyone that you want to pick out in specific, for, in particular, for their performance bars? I mean, I'm keen to kind of bang the drum for Spinazzola. I've been saying all season he's Roma's best player, and obviously throughout his career had some kind of injury issues, but he he put in a really good performance yesterday, and he's been really great this season, just attacking down that right side. Uh, anyone you want to highlight by as any particular performances? Well, Spinazzola was uh, also picked out as the player of the match on the day, and I think rightfully so. His uh, The fact that he's a left-back who plays with his right foot really throws the defense uh, off balance. Reminds me of a certain Paolo Maldini. And uh, his attacking skills were on display. He was constantly a thorn in the side, and that penalty that Kenny mentioned earlier was actually drawn from a, the non-penalty, actually, because for some reason it wasn't given, but it was drawn from a Spinazzola cross. And uh, other than him, I, you have to give uh, credit to Berardi. There was a lot of uh, question marks about his selection before the game because obviously Chiesa plays for a, a better club on paper. At the end of the day, a lot of fans were kind of had question marks on why there are two Sassuolo players in the, in this Italy squad. But at the end of the day, uh, Berardi made the first goal I mean, we should a, a slight side note, but what what is Demiral doing exactly there? I'm not sure, but the, it's one of the funniest own goals I've ever seen. But, but, <laughs> thanks, we have to say as an Azuri fan. But overall, Berardi was constantly a thorn in in uh, the Turkey defense's side, uh, side, and well worth his uh, man of the match performance next to Spinazzola for me. Yeah, hopefully uh, he he wants to get out of Roma now that. Uh... Mourinho won't use him as much as an attacking fullback, and he can he can come and play for his old manager Fonseca at Spurs. Uh, Kenny, you've uh, you wanted to pick someone out. I just actually wanted to pick up on what Boaz said there. I was actually one of the people, and I did not, uh, for for clarity, I did not begrudge Berardi his start because he's been absolutely fantastic for for Sassuolo. But I was actually one of the people who said that uh, I would prefer to see Chiesa in there. I actually would have preferred to see Bastoni to Chiellini, but Chiellini rolled back the the years as well. So you know that just goes to show <laughs> these uh, Mancini's paid the big bucks for for a reason. And another thing I wanted to pick up on is this talk about Italy's striker coming into this tournament has been something that has been you know an ongoing saga and just fantastic for Immobile to get straight off the mark like that in the in the first game. Uh, so you know hopefully that's something to to kick on with. Uh, just really difficult to pick. A standout performance so many so many in that um in that side yeah on Chiellini Bowers I enjoyed your tweet of uh, Mancini what position do you want to play tonight Chiellini Chiellini yes for some reason he was taking shots he was like he was playing that as a tuto campista and I guess that's a testament to what Turkey uh offered in a from a offensive perspective since we mentioned Immobile I also wanted to give a quick shout out to his goal celebration apparently uh Italian uh, comedian, and I say that with air quotes, but Italian trash comedian Lino Banfi asked the squad to uh, celebrate the way he would do if they scored. So all of them went, Porca puttana, when they scored the way he did, (laughs) straight to the camera. So uh, fantastic stuff. Indeed. Um, Right. So next up for Italy is Switzerland. Uh, That's on Wednesday. And for this game, we've got a scouting report from Swiss football expert. Maria Josefovic, who follows Switzerland home and away. Um, so let's hear what she has to say. Over to you, Maya. 
So after the initial disappointment, I am finally ready to to talk about yesterday's game. I I was quite disappointed. I am still. I am still quite disappointed because I thought we should have had that game. We should have won. It does feel like we gave two points away. No offense to the Welsh team. I thought that in general it was an okayish game. I mean, it's, a lot of people have said it was boring, but again, this is not Belgium, Germany. This is Switzerland, Wales. So you can't, you have to lower your expectations. Um, I thought that we started quite wobbly. So the first 10 minutes, we didn't really play great. Uh, I think it took us some time to get into the game. And after that, we were okay. Again, I say okay, it wasn't good, but it was okay. Was a bit disappointed by Embolo in the first half. I expected more from him. Um, he did have a good pass in the 43rd minute. And then, of course, in the second half, he finally shined. It was good. Um, but again, the first half, we, he kind of went missing. Then the second half, as I mentioned, I think we started to great. Obviously, there was a goal. And then we became extremely passive. Now, I'll say more about that afterwards. And then again, we had a fabulous last 10 minutes, but it was too little too late. What I think, and again, this is just my opinion, led to this, I don't passive play in the second half is that I have no idea what Petkovic was was thinking when he subbed um, Shachiri out. Like, what were you? He brought on Zakaria for Shachiri, and as soon as that happened, the whole game, the whole dynamic changed, and we became so passive, and nothing like we 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 sat we sat back, uh, we sat really deep. And Shachir was the one who was providing the balls for our attack. So, you know, taking him out proved to be fatal, um, as it did, because then this is what I think led to the goal um, that that Wales scored. Um, I was also disappointed with Jaka, our captain, because he's the, again, he's the captain. He should have realized how passive the team was. He should have done something you know, inspired the midfield. Another sub that I didn't quite understand, or, well, which should have been made much, much earlier, was Gavranovic for um, Seferovic. I I mean, Seferovic had a, an okay, again, I'm not going to say a good, an okay game, but obviously not much was happening, especially in the second half. So maybe after the 60th, you know, 65th minute, Petkovic would have been, okay, well, let's put Gavran. Um, but again, I think he was brought on in the 85th minute, which was just like, why? Obviously, once he was on, he then started creating chances. It was great. He did have that offside goal, which obviously was offside, so it didn't count. But I mean, it brought back the action. And so I was quite disappointed that that change hadn't been made sooner. What's also disappointing is that when you look at the stats, you know, we were the better team. But that doesn't help if you don't score the goals. So we weren't efficient enough. We wasted all of our corners. Yeah, just in general, very disappointing. Now, what do I predict for the Italy game? Uh, I have to admit, I couldn't watch the Italy-Turkey game. I just saw the highlights. Um, from the looks, <laughs> Turkey were constantly under attack. So that has me a little bit worried. However, I do think that defensively, Switzerland isn't a bad team. I do think, I mean, I love Summer. I think he's a fantastic, fantastic keeper. I also don't, I think we have some great defensive players. So I'm not really that worried. However, Italy are great defensively and in attack. And so it will be really hard to penetrate their defense. Uh, and we do not have something that I think is Switzerland's problem is we don't really have a very efficient and good attack.
And if you, you know, you create chances, but you don't really take them, then obviously you're not efficient, you know, you can't, you're not good at scoring goals. I don't know, then you can't win. You can't win games. And this is, has been our problem throughout the last few years. That being said, I do like Embolo, I do like Gavranovic, uh, but there are no Ronaldo, there are no Lewandowski. So there you go. Um, again, I can't see us not getting into the round of 16. I do think we should be, you know, fairly, we should comfortably get into the round of 16. And if we're lucky, depending on who we face, we should also get into the quarterfinals. Now, let's talk about young talents in the Swiss team. Now, somebody who I really, really, really like is Omlin, our second goalkeeper. Um, he plays for Basel and he has been fantastic for them. Um, so should we at some point have to sub uh, Summer? I am not worried. Uh, he's really good. Somebody else who I generally really, really like is Mbabu. Now, he wasn't great in yesterday's game. Um, I do definitely expect him to show more in the next few games, but he is good. He's really good. So hopefully he will show us that he deserves that title of being good. <laughs> um, and somebody at, that isn't at the Euros at the moment because they're too young, but who I am definitely keeping an eye out for in the future is Noah Okafor. Now, he plays for, uh, he plays for Red Bull Salzburg. He's a super fast winger and a very, very exciting prospect. He played for Basel before that, before he uh, went to Salzburg. And he was really good, shows a lot of potential. Um, hasn't been able to show all of it at Salzburg. I think they have, he has to compete. Again, he's very young. He has to compete with some good players there. Um, hasn't gotten that much playing time. But he does, again, he does show huge potential. So I'm really excited to see him play more. And hopefully at the next, you know, World Cup, Euros, whatever. Um, excited to see him play for the Swiss team. Thanks so much to uh, Maria for that scouting report. Really insightful stuff. And uh, we especially enjoyed all the references to efficiency in there. Very, uh, very stereotypically <laughs> Swiss. Boaz, how are you feeling about the Switzerland game after hearing that? Um, I have to say that I was a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, unsure of what to expect before the Turkey game, because uh, it's always weird at the beginning of the, turn the tournament, and Italy usually don't start too strong. Having got that monkey off our back, uh, I think that particularly with the format of this tournament, uh, the match against Switzerland is a lot more is a lot more of a relaxed uh, build up for me. And I do think I did watch the Swiss uh, game against Wales and. I do think that Italy are a better side and that they have better attacking options. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Italy were to win that game as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the second half of that Switzerland-Wales game was quite exciting from a neutral point of view, I thought. But um, yeah, definitely uh, looked to be below the level of Italy. Um, what, did, what did you make of it, Kenny? I completely agreed with uh, Maria's uh, sort of uh, summary of of the game. I actually think that Switzerland shot completely shot themselves uh, in the foot by uh, by removing Shakiri. Uh, and to me, I mean, they were on on the ascendancy. They just had to put Wales uh, put Wales away, really. Uh, other than the first sort of ten minutes, which I think is what Maria said as well, when when Wales started quite brightly, um, and Switzerland brought on a. Yeah, defensive midfielder for your most creative 
player let Wales back into it and then nearly got the winner, but obviously it was uh, it, it was disallowed. Yeah, so I think from what I've seen, the Switzerland looked like they should be the biggest test for, for Italy in this, which I guess is slightly um, in contrast to what Boaz was said. But agreeing with Boaz, I do think that Italy look the, the superior side. So they should come away with, that, come away with the, the three points. And if they do, you would think that may well be job done, really. Um, they can kind of maybe get some minutes into the legs of uh, other squad players for, for the last game, if that's what happens. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Baz, did you want to come back on something there? I just wanted to say that this is uh, a, a slight side note, but this will be the return of Vladimir Petkovic to the Olimpico. He doesn't leave uh, the best memories since leave, since he left Serie A, but uh, it'll be interesting to be back in what used to be his home. Yeah. Um, and just picking up on what you were saying about uh, Shakiri Kenny, um, I do really enjoy watching him for Switzerland. I feel like for Italy, he's not given the freedom. Uh, sorry, for, for Liverpool, he's not really given the freedom that he needs to kind of flourish. And he, he gets that playing for Switzerland mostly. So a real joy of a footballer for the spectator. But yeah, we should just round up kind of what's been going on in the managerial merry-go-round since we last spoke uh, so away from the Euros, uh, Gattuso to Fiorentina. I think uh, there were rumours of that last time we spoke. Di Francesco to Verona. Inzaghi's gone to Inter. Simone Inzaghi and, and his brother has gone to Brescia. Sorry, Baz. Do you want to? I'm just. I'm, I cannot believe Di Francesco's got another gig. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll let our lawyers edit that out. Um, and of course, Sari to Lazio. <laughs> Uh, which I think has been rumoured for a long time, but there was it was once talks between Spurs and Conte fell through. There were like ripplings of the possibility of him taking that job instead, but he's 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 confirmed to Lazio now. And Fonseca to to Spurs looks to be very much on. So yeah, exactly. Not sure how I feel about that one. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange one for me, having been following Spurs and Roma this season. <laughs> yeah. Swap managers after both underachieving. I don't I know think, what they're hoping I to think get we, we joked about this on one pod, didn't we? Did we not joke about this? I feel like we did. Oscar wished for this. I wished for <laughs> Mourinho to go away to Italy. I didn't wish for Fonseca to come back. <laughs> you I don't know what you, you know, wish for. I'm not, um, I'm not <laughs> totally opposed to the appointment. I, I think he's... There are good good aspects to Fonseca's management style, which could suit Spurs. But um, after the rumours of Poch, it's a disappointment. And anything would be. Going back to the peninsula, um, I'm not sure if you mentioned it just there, but uh, Napoli also confirmed Spalletti as their manager, which pretty much shows there's a lot of alpha dogs in, in Italy next year. And it's going to be tasty. I mean, the press conferences are going to be almost as good as the matches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's going to be some good press conferences all around next season. Looking forward to uh, discussing those on our podcasts. Uh, but just moving uh, back onto the pitch, uh, kind of the rumoured player moves that could go along with some of these managerial switches. So it looks like Inzaghi might be taking Radu from Lazio to Inter. And Donnarumma has reportedly now agreed a move to PSG subject to the medical. Who is uh, that? spoken <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you've spoken at length about this on the podcast before, Baz. I don't know if you want to add anything else, but that kind of answers my question. I mean, it's just strange that Italy are at their Euro without a keeper. I just don't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> Ten players every match. Crazy. 
yeah, and on that topic, Buffon uh, rumored to be going to Parma, which which could be an interesting one. That would be so poetic, wouldn't it? I'd love it. That would yeah. be great if that came off. Gorgeous, nice uh, closing of a cycle. Yeah, symmetry. And um, on foreign clubs poaching Italian players uh, from from the previous point, uh, it looks like Leicester made a bid for Gozens. May not have met Atalanta's valuation yet, but um, obviously, Kenny, you've kind of been resigned to a while to the fact that he might go, but obviously it would be sad if he does. Yeah, I think he had spoken. He had spoken about potentially going to one of the big clubs in Germany. Um, if he goes to Leicester, fair enough. Yeah, obviously they signed Tim Castagna uh, last summer. Yeah. Uh, so obviously had some success there and and keen to kind of repeat the transaction in a way. And yeah, just so back on the Euros, Castagna is going to miss the rest of the tournament with what looked to be a fractured eye socket. I'm not sure if that was uh, those were the, on the doctor's report. but yeah. Those were the most recent reports that I read, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. This is written as a kind of segue to relating the vision to Eurovision. I'm not sure how tasteful that is, but... Uh, but was you you want... <laughs> I wasn't going for that, but I, I appreciate your uh, creative creative thinking. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, with uh, Italy's Maneskin winning the Eurovision, Italy are on the roll and on the way to doing the never-done-before double of winning the Euro and the Eurovision in the same year. So <laughs> we're here to break records, right? That, that is the real double, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's what That's everyone the... has been dreaming of for since the, <laughs> the premium double. Um, okay, that's probably enough for this week. Uh, let's just give a few honourable and dishonourable mentions. And uh, I'll let you kick it off, Baz, with uh, an honourable for some murals. Yeah, since we last recorded, um, some murals were officiated. One in Milan with uh, Roberto Baggio with his uh, legendary number 10 shirt. And one in Florence for Davide Astori. Both are part of a new uh, street art uh, uh, incentive from Italian cities. And both look gorgeous. Well worth checking out. Yeah, and while we're on murals, we should give also an honourable to the uh, Mourinho versus Sarri murals that have been going on in Rome. Uh, <laughs> the, the Roma fans for putting one up of Mourinho riding, a, I think it was a Vespa or some, some kind of scooter uh, with the special one written on it. And uh, Lazio fans for defacing it with a cloud of smoke being blown in his face by Sarri, which of course <laughs> excellent. So well done. Nice. Um, and while we're on motorized vehicles, Kenny, I think you've got a dishonorable. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to kick off my honorables for, for the Euros with a dishonorable for that absolutely ludicrous uh, spectacle that we saw with the, the, the referee picking up the, the match ball, putting it down on a remote control car, which then failed to start and uh, eventually made its way to the center circle to then be picked up. Um, by was it the same ref? Was it? I, I, I'm not sure, I can't remember now, but I mean, yeah, just what a joke. Um, I don't really think football needs that kind of advertising. It was funny, but it was, it also kind of made a bit of a mockery of the, the whole tournament, really. Right? Oh, I <laughs> like swear, it happens every tournament as well. But there's <laughs> some sort of issue with the remote control car. <laughs> And it's important to stress that there is no truth in the rumors that uh, Insignia drove home with that car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Baz, you want to give us a slightly more serious honorable? 
Um, I wanted to give a uh, honorable to Lazio, Foggia, and the Bologna legend uh, Beppe Signori, who um, was in the '90s was one of the best goal scorers, and I believe Kenny referenced his uh, unique penalty taking technique in one of our past episodes. So generally, one of these like uh, '90s heroes, and he was caught up in a whole. Uh, a betting scandal that happened in 2011 with a match between Modena and Sassuolo, I believe. Unlike some of the other people who were in this uh, case, he decided to go all the way with the court case and he was absolved quite recently of all uh, all the suspicions against him and he's a free man again. And he obviously said, no one's going to give me back these 10 years, but it's nice that my name is now clean. Yeah, uh, good to know, absolutely. Um, and at the other end of the pitch, I uh, just want to talk about defensive excellence for a second uh i want to give an honorable to giorgio chiellini i mean much has been made in the media before about him and bonucci celebrating clearances like goals um, but to do it when you're winning 3-0 as well which incidentally is the highest ever goal total that italy has achieved in a single match in the euros as and- predicted by achilles the cat okay I don't know what that is. It was Me like neither. this year there was, remember there was that octopus from the World Cup of a while yeah. back? Apparently yeah. this time around it's a cat. Right. My side note was going to be in my seven aside team, which is like 30% Italians, 30% English players, 30% other and 10% Finnish. All the English guys play at the back. And after that, the Italians were like, this is how you need to celebrate clearances. So we're going to be working on that, modeling it off Chiellini and Bonucci. Nice. Buzz, you wanted to give an honorable to Bastoni's mum. Yeah, this is um, actually from back in Inter's uh, title celebration. And obviously Inter had cakes out and all the players on the pitch. But uh, I took particular joy in uh, seeing Bastoni's mum. Bastoni was 22, I might add. Bastoni's mum... wiping her son's mouth after he was eating cake. Uh, there's a lot of cliches about Italian mums going around. And, uh, well, God bless her. That was awesome. And from one of the younger players in the Euros to one of the oldest, Kenny, uh, you wanted to give an honorable to Pandev. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I? Um, to be honest, I didn't realize that I had this obsession with Pandev until the end of the <laughs> until our end of season roundup. But Boaz pointed it out to me, and when I saw that Pandev had had scored in his uh, first game for North Macedonia in a major finals, uh, I I had no option but to give him an, an honourable, a thoroughly well deserved honourable. Unfortunately, the score didn't go the way he would have he would have liked, but um, still still two games to put that right. Yeah, and one of the first games I've watched in a pub for many months. Uh, so much enjoyed seeing him get on the score sheet. Normally, we try and end the honourable and dishonourable section on a bit of a jovial note. But this time, I think it's it's appropriate to end with the kind of Christian Eriksen tribute. So, Buzz, we wanted to give a few honourables for players that had gone out of their way to, to make a statement about this. Yeah, it's, we always complain about uh, football rivalries and uh, a lot of the side effects of football. But... It seems like most of the football movement uh, came as one this time around. Uh, particularly nice touches were from Lukaku, who shouted, Chris, I love you, after he scored for Belgium. Or uh, Hakimi, who put up the number 24 when he uh, scored for in a friendly uh, for his own national team. But also um, other tributes from uh, Barella to Kjaer for protecting his teammates so well and other things like that. It was generally um, in such a tragic moment uh, it was there was some positive in it 
Absolutely. Uh, great to see that from the kind of, from his teammates, but also just from the wider footballing family. So yeah, that's all we've got time for this week or at this point of the competition. We'll be back. I'm not sure exactly when, probably at some point after the Switzerland game, right? I think so. Yeah. As soon yeah. as we find a Welsh guy to give us a tactical breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be back then. Um, until then, if you don't already, please just subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio on demand. Until then, enjoy the Euros. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.